What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. You are listening to Keeping It Raw, and we are talking about the 2019 live adaptation of Aladdin. Get it? Got it? Good. We're going to be talking about is it worth seeing? Some of my favorite parts, worst parts, funniest parts, weirdest parts, favorite song, and some trivia. And we're going to be getting into trivia. And what I mean by this is just IMDb trivia. But it's not going to, I don't want you to think that I am like the most hardcore Aladdin fan because I'm not. Spoilers ahead. Update. Now, I do want to go ahead and say that I was so skeptical of this movie coming out, just like many of you were. The reason is because. I didn't want what was done to Beauty and the Beast and Dumbo and all this other nonsense to be done with Aladdin. I'm just like, leave this stuff alone. It has such a good history. Why do you want to waste money on making something different that was so good, so uh, classic? And uh, so that was my thought into getting to this movie. And even when I you know, bought the ticket and went to go see it, I was just so skeptical. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to check it out anyways, you know, whatever. And uh, I was not disappointed, I gotta say. So is it worth seeing? Yes. My opinion is that it is worth seeing. You need to go check it out. It's pretty dope. I was surprised, pleasantly surprised at this. Uh, the next thing is that I wanted to get into what was, uh, what was my favorite part. My favorite part of this, man, I've got several. I guess... Um, I guess the beginning number, uh, so at the beginning, it uh, it starts differently because it starts with the perspective of the genie, who is now a human being, and you're looking at him talk to kids on a boat, okay, and, you know, they're acting up, so he sits them down and says, let me tell you the story of Aladdin, and that's when it starts the actual movie. Now, the opening sequence after this, which is the street uh, rat sequence, the street rat song sequence, and um, and then the uh, Cave of Wonders, that hit good. So they got the same actor to uh, voice Abu and the lion's voice from the Cave of Wonders as they had in the original 1990. So that is the only character... Uh, character reprisals or voice reprisals that were the same from the original 1992 film uh the voice of the cave of wonders and abu's voice those are the originals so when you hear the voice of the cave of wonders you're like yes yes they they got something right they did something right and that launched you into the movie of course which was pretty dope Next, um, the Street Rat song. So they touched on a couple things that are very familiar in the Street Rat song, uh, which is like uh, um, things like like the scene with uh, the ladies and the prostitutes in the room and when the lady says, I'd blame parents except he hasn't got him. And then the other scene with the lady that says... Um, Still, I think he's rather tasty. That kind of those lines were done perfectly. And the only thing I didn't like about uh, this sequence that I can remember is the soldiers. So just as you couldn't remember or make out what the soldiers were saying in the original song of Street Rat in the 1992 version, you can't make out what they're saying in this one either. Which I mean, whatever. Because if you don't know the lyrics, then you're not going to complain that you can't understand them now because you couldn't understand them then. Next, uh, let's talk about my least favorite parts. So some of my least favorite parts are um, are probably the 
the failure to nod to the 92 version. So when Genie comes out of the lamp in the 92 version, the genie comes out and he says, 10,000 years will give you such a... Okay, so he doesn't say that in this one. He just gets out and he's confused because he's looking for the true... Uh, the person that, you know, he assumed that Aladdin wasn't the person who found the lamp, okay? Uh, and that, to me, was like a big miss. He focused on that and... Anyway, he was, of course, everybody knows that Will Smith was trying to make it his own. He knew that he couldn't match up to Robin Williams. He was just trying to add his own flair. And I appreciate that. Uh, however, there are some big things that he missed. And then there are some things that he got that I felt like, eh, okay, we're fine. At least you said one of the same lines here and there, you know. So it's kind of satisfying in that aspect. Then there are what is... The funniest part. So there are a lot of different things that I found funny in this movie that they were hitting on. And I, uh, I, there were parts that I was laughing at that I didn't notice anybody else laughing at, but I was like dying. So um, let's start with um, one of the funny parts. Uh, so in the beginning, um, when Aladdin asks the genie to be, make him a prince, the genie says, well, there's a lot of gray area in Make Me a Prince. For instance, I can make you a prince, like I can make a prince for you, uh, and it flashes to him making a prince for him, and off in the distance you see a prince flash out of nowhere. Well, the prince, a little tidbit, is in lime green and pink, okay? This is a nod to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and uh, the prince in the background, I start dying laughing because the prince in the background, all you hear him say is, y'all see my palace? And I just thought that was the most hilarious line in the whole movie was this prince out of nowhere, like, because he's a prince and he's like looking for his palace, like, y'all see my palace? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And then a couple seconds later, he cuts back like, I just want to go home, like, Anyway, it was hilarious, and it's a nod to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that the genie did. Uh, so that was pretty funny. But I think the most funniest part of all this was towards the end of the movie, because there's a couple references to um, Aladdin. He says things like, uh, we have all these gifts for you when they're presenting him to the Sultan and, ja and Princess Jasmine. Uh, has all these gifts. And uh, one of the gifts is jam, okay? And it was just him trying to riff, right? Because he had no idea what these gifts were. He was just looking around just like everybody else was like, oh, and I guess we got you some jam too. So he stays on the jam thing, like talking about it for several seconds, just like I am now. And uh, when he talks about it, though, uh, it just goes on and on. But at there's a callback to this uh, phrasing by the genie later on where he talks about the jam. And so every time it comes up after that, everybody's just laughing because these are all references to this one big goof that Aladdin made and uh, kept riffing on, and it didn't go so well. So there are a couple spots where Aladdin is just like this most plain guy, and in the cartoon version of Aladdin, Aladdin came across as this true street hustler and a liar and somebody you couldn't trust, but you were rooting for him anyways. And in this version... He's uh, somebody who lies a lot, um, so it's less street hustler and more liar. But they did give a couple nods where Aladdin would steal and give to somebody more needy than him, so that, that was cool. Um, the weirdest part. So the weirdest part was certainly, in my opinion, Jafar. So Jafar, to me, 
really uh, had a straight, uh, I guess, direction that the character was going on. A straight arc. Okay. The problem is that at the end, he completely changes character. So Jafar, who becomes this huge um, jerk and manipulator and everything, at the end, when things are changing... Even when he becomes all powerful, an all-powerful genie, he starts pleading with Aladdin to stop or to save him. But the pleading to me seems so backwards. It's not Jafar at all, which is you can make an argument like, well, technically he's being imprisoned for the rest of the life. He's realizing that as a genie, he's going to be imprisoned. Uh, and so he is changing. He is pleading. That is realistic. But to me, it was not consistent with the character, nor did um, the original Jafar in 92 ever ever plead like that and so that was weird to me um another thing that i felt like was weird was iago so uh by the way in this movie i realized that i always called iago diago for some reason i always thought his name was diago but it's just iago and i didn't realize so gilbert Gottfried. um they passed up on casting gilbert Gottfried as the voice of iago again and I thought that was a huge miss. But also, Iago, he said some. He he came across as a more realistic parrot than he, than the original Iago did, and I felt like that was good. Um, but it wasn't. It didn't touch. It wasn't the original Iago that you're used to, and uh, so there was a lot that was missed there. Um, the favorite song, the favorite number, in my opinion, was Street Rat because it got you in the mood. It got you in all of this. Um, Will Smith starts, I guess, Will Smith's song, Arabian Nights, was technically the opening song. Um, but Street Rat is really where you were more aware of what to expect in this film. And uh, I think they touched it really well. And we're going to pause here for a quick word from our sponsor. Oh, hey, pals, do you want to go inside Mickey's Clubhouse? Well, you got to say the magic... Oh, wait, you don't have a Mickey's Clubhouse, do you? Well, what you can do is, with your parents' permission, steal a homeless man's box and design the outside. Then you have your very own Mickey's Clubhouse. But you got to say the magic words, Mishka, Mushka, Mickey Mouse. Say it with me. This podcast brought to you by Cardboard. Please don't take the homeless man's cardboard. All right, now we're going to get back to the trivia. This is IMDb trivia. And um, some of this is pretty cool. So you probably recognized um, Dahlia's uh, character or Dal the actress who played Dahlia. Uh, that was Nassim Padrad. Now, she played in Saturday Night Live, and that's what a lot of people know her from. She also played in a short John Mulaney TV show that he had gotten, but it didn't last very long. Um, she played Dahlia, but she also played Princess Jasmine in a sketch in Saturday Night Live. That was pretty dope. Uh, did you know that Gabriel Iglesias was also um, looked at as uh, a potential candidate to play genie gabriel iglesias that would have been weird <laughs> uh will but i said that about will smith being cast i thought that would be weird too uh, turned out okay i guess um this is will smith's first disney movie sir patrick stewart who's known as you know professor x from the x-men um 
and Captain Picard from Star Trek, he had campaigned to play the role of Jafar. So he had been, um, he originally turned down the role in the 1992 cartoon version, um, and he said that he regretted it ever since. Um, so uh, we already talked about uh, Frank Welker, who reprised his role as Abu in the voice of the Cave of Wonders. Uh, he was back. Um, let's see. Did you know that while Aladdin and Genie were first talking in the desert, that carpet was built in a sandcastle? Did you recognize that the sandcastle was actually in the form of the Disney castle, Cinderella's castle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You missed it, didn't you? You weren't paying attention, were you? I, I missed it, too. I knew it was a castle. I didn't pay attention to the shape of it. <laughs> um, Will Smith recorded the song Friend Like Me on the first day he met with the, compro the composers. Uh, Guy Ritchie, who is the director of the film, who added another uh, element of uh, doubt... <laughs> He, uh, he said he wanted to do the film because uh, a lot of his films are somewhat close to the story of Aladdin. Jim Carrey was the original choice for the genie in this role, uh, but at the time he was involved in a much publicized lawsuit so he couldn't commit to any long-term work. When the uh, genie shows Aladdin a floating scroll, you remember that scene? The drawing contains Aladdin, the genie, and the sultan in their animated forms from the original Aladdin. The genie begins and ends the movie as uh, telling the fairy tale of Aladdin to his children. Uh, we talked about that already. Um, in the original version, the cartoon version, a peddler provided a prologue to the film, um, and he didn't appear at the ending. So um, I guess there was an alternate ending that features the peddler revealing himself to be the genie at the end of the cartoon version, which that's probably an alternate ending. Like, in my opinion, it, it probably didn't make sense um, that the peddler was the genie since we all know that the genie was stuck in the Cave of Wonders, so it wouldn't make sense that he was in two places at once. Everybody knows that he's a prisoner to the lamp, so that's probably why that was an alternate ending and not the legit ending. Another thing I picked up on, though, in the movie was the look of the genie when he became human. So he would flash to human whenever he was around other humans. Uh, and when that happened, he was wearing a brown, uh, blue outfit, which is an ode to the genie that plays genie in the Broadway version. So if you've ever seen the clips of the Broadway guy that plays the genie, that's what he looks like. And I thought that was pretty neat to do that. One thing that's here that I didn't pick up on in the movie was that the ship that they are on is a lamp-shaped boat. Him and his family live on a lamp-shaped boat. The boat represents, of course, Genie's own wish for freedom and to go somewhere or to go anywhere they wanted to. Uh, and I guess its shape represents his previous address. That's something I didn't pick up on was that it was a lamp-shaped boat. In the original animated film, Genie, after having been wished for his freedom, at the end still retains his magical powers with semi-cosmic powers and all the space he can get with his lamp becoming a home instead of a prison. 
while in the live-action reboot, Genie loses his powers entirely along with the lamp altogether, at the same time being in his human form indefinitely. So that's something I remembered from uh, when, in the cartoon version, that they that they freed the genie, that he was still hovering, you know, over ground and, like, put on, got an outfit out of nowhere and had a briefcase and put his Disney, his goofy hat on. Yeah, and took off. He still had the powers. I didn't, I didn't notice that. And then, of course, Will Smith lost it as the genie. And then the last uh, trivia here uh, talks about um, how Jafar uh, became an all-powerful sorcerer from a second wish to give uh, him uh, <laughs> to give him all the powers, and uh, I guess it included shape shifting. When he's able to do by uh, becoming a, a massive cobra. So originally he was uh, a cobra, but he was like half the size of the palace. Um, and he didn't have that same power here to do shape-shifting. You know, one of those powers he had done was uh, making an hourglass and putting um, Jasmine in it, and Jasmine almost died because she was in the uh, hourglass. In this one, they focused really on putting um, the Jasmine, the Sultan, and Dahlia in a um, some kind of uh, orb and them hovering, and that was their prison or whatever. And then he also had the power to change Iago from the little parrot to a massive bird, uh, like a huge bird. And then, of course, when he became, he asked for the power to become a genie or whatever, he changed from a bird to the, or from the massive bird to back to the size of the parrot. And uh, anyway, so that was that. Uh, so that's pretty much all I have to say about this movie. I thought it was worth it. Uh, and I really was pleasantly surprised. I was surprised that, that it went that well. Anyway, thanks for listening. And this has been another episode of Keeping It Raw, keeping it under 20 minutes also. Thanks for listening. Bye.